welcome to the Women Push Music Takeover of Break the Business Part 2. My name is Ashley Kuzban and I'm the founder and executive directress of Women Crush Music. And I'm here today with Katie Zaccardi, our hey. marketing director, and Michelle, and she is our branding directress. I'm going to let them introduce themselves now. Katie? Sure. Okay, I'm Katie. I am the uh, New York chapter leader and marketing uh, head of marketing development at Women Crush Music. I uh, recently graduated from NYU Music Business, so I kind of got, like Mo and Ashley were talking about last week, I got both sides of the industry because I am an artist as well, so super excited to be doing both of those things. You can do both, (laughs) woohoo! And yeah, um, I'm also a registered yoga teacher, which I mentioned because I have a feeling we're going to be talking about it later in this episode. You're an inspiration to us all. Oh, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) How am I supposed to follow that? Oh, please. You're amazing. (laughs) Well, my name's Michelle and, you know, now my name's Michelle. Hey, everybody. Uh, It's great to be here. Happy to be with you guys. I'm the branding empress of Women Crush Music. And uh, got involved with Women Crush Music through Katie. Um, And it's been a wild trip since then. I love making the artwork and helping out with whatever I can here and there for such a great organization. And, uh, you know, I'm not a performer. I'm not a musician, but I dabble a bit and I've loved music my whole life. So this is a great place to be involved. You sort of are a musician. You we play are good guitar. Very lucky to have both of you. On I'm not an active Thank musician. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? But you know, um, we have a great podcast plan for everybody today. Yes, we're super excited to dig into this really important theme of self care and mental health, um, which has gotten a bit more attention in kind of public conversation in the media lately. I think a lot more people are coming forward with their stories, uh, talking more honestly about this. Especially um, with the Me Too movements and now the Time's Up movements. I yeah, know, definitely. Considering we are recording and the Grammys were last night, maybe we should not go into that right now. <laughs> yeah, somebody's going to have to recap that for me. I didn't watch. I'm like, I love music. Didn't really catch the Grammys though. <laughs> I know. So what is that? It's fine. It's well, like it's hardly. <laughs> I can imagine so what happened. Yeah, it's you could just read a recap. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot going on that's kind of bringing really important stories to the forefront, um, and encouraging people to be more honest with themselves and more honest with their loved ones about things that they go through. Because chances are, if um, you know, you might be struggling with something. If you're not, chances are you have a loved one or a friend who. Um, has a story that is impactful um, related to this theme. So we've got a really great show lined up for you guys. Um, Where do we even start? Because this is definitely a pretty complex issue, especially as it's related to the music industry, the music business, right guys? Yeah. Um, I know for me, when I started thinking about this topic, what came to mind was this stereotype of the, uh, the suffering artist there's Mm -hmm. definitely this stereotype that you know to make good music to make to make a good piece of art you have to be suffering you have to just be tortured my dad always says i wish we messed you up more so you'd have weirder (laughs) stuff to write about which is funny because you know that is it's totally true that that's what everyone thinks but it's also like ah, you can write freaking good music without yeah. being depressed. And and I think that sometimes people might get comfortable being like, I'm a musician, I have to just like wallow in sadness and, and I can't my depression. Wash my hair. <laughs> so when I got engaged, the first thing that people were asking me was, so does that mean you're not going to write music anymore because you're happy in your relationship? You're not going to write breakup songs anymore? Like, what's happening? Like, oh, well, I'm happy. Thank you for, like, acknowledging that I'm happy and that you're happy for me for being happy. Yeah, that's really <laughs> like, annoying. I can what a still weird write thing music. Say. Thank you. Yeah. And honestly, the world needs more happy music right now. Yeah, I agree with you entirely. Note, it's really hard to write a happy song that is not incredibly cliche. Yeah, I could probably name more sad songs off the top of my yeah. head than straight up joyful And everyone songs. loves sad songs, but I think that's not an excuse to to sacrifice your mental health just for your art because 
it doesn't have to be that way. Well, that's why it's so important to talk about, because I think especially when you're making art, um, and when I say art, we're, we're always talking about music here, too. Music is art. Um, when you're making art, that's where things get a little muddy in that area. Um, because we make art and we make music as it's an impulse to create and it's an impulse to connect with people. You know, when you make something and you perform, that's your heart reaching out to other people and connecting with them. That's a beautiful thing. That's not a painful thing. Unfortunately, what connects all of us is some of that darker stuff that um, is difficult to dig into. Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, it also goes to show, though, that there is such a deep connection through music. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure we'll talk about this more a little bit later in the show, but uh, we had a couple of people write in, too, talking about how sharing their struggles through their music was really important. Um, but I still, there's just a weird kind of stigma in general about mental health and mental wellness and um, anxiety and depression and disorders like that. And um, it's even harder to talk about in the music industry, I think. People just don't acknowledge it, and it's probably something that is a little bit... Songwriters or artists might think that it's not a big deal to get help, or it's not something that they have to deal with, because mm -hmm. for many reasons, but it is. Yeah, you can definitely... <laughs> I feel like you can definitely get addicted to uh, your own... Yes. Your own pain. Yeah. <laughs> I need it. It's, it's my material. Um, so yeah, we're gonna break the business. We're gonna break the stigma. <laughs> Love yes, that. Yes. <laughs> that should be on a shirt. Ryan, take note. Break the yeah. stigma podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I mean, I feel pretty comfortable talking about my anxiety. Um, I, like I said, I'm a musician as well and a songwriter, and I was like diagnosed. I kind of hate saying diagnosed because. It's just weird. It's that to taboo. Me. It has a strong connotation, yeah. but for the purpose of this podcast, we should acknowledge the fact that diagnosis is completely okay. Yes. Yes. And so important feel to, comfortable with Im that word. Important Diagn too because yes. even though I don't like that word, it really marked an actual change because my anxiety started before I was diagnosed, but once I went to the doctor and I'll actually tell you a story of what happened. It was Michelle's birthday, and <laughs> I... I was born that day. It was yes. a stormy <laughs> night. <laughs> She's older than me, so that would be weird. But um, it was her birthday, and I had just gotten back from a really long trip to Paris. I was studying abroad there, and I totally had a panic attack in the shower because I don't know if it was because I was supposed to go out for her birthday or because of something else, but... I, like, I knew it was a panic attack. I had never really had one before, but I knew. And I got out of the shower, and I was like, Mom, this is a problem. And she was like, maybe you're just getting sick, you know, because I felt a little, like, lightheaded and dizzy mm -hmm. and stuff. And I missed her party, and I will never get over that. But I went to the doctor three days later, three days later, and I was still having a panic attack. No joke. I got my blood pressure or my heart rate or whatever taken, and they were like, you need to calm down and I was like like until I went to the doctor for those three days I could literally feel my heart pounding in like through my chest I would go to bed and just try to calm down it was it so was insane just for the listeners who probably have, or have experienced a panic attack before and or who haven't can you explain a little bit more about what you were feeling when you were in the shower or when you got out and when you went to the doctor yeah well for I'll say too it's different for everyone everyone has different panic attacks and my panic attacks don't always necessarily look like this either um but for me it was feeling really lightheaded and dizzy I've never fainted in my life so that's another thing mm. too is that like I don't really know this feeling before I was shaky I was like kind of sweating and just very like out of sorts and I just immediately called like I literally called for my sister like bring me water like <laughs> I don't know what's happening um because it's a weird feeling um uh, and a lot of times for me now what it's more so like is like shortness of breath that's a big part of it and I mean sometimes I get anxiety too and it's not a full-blown attack which is very important to note is that now um since I got diagnosed and this is why I say it's important is because I finally was able to really examine my body and examine what triggers might be and what symptoms I had when I was anxious or when I was having some sort of attack on whatever level that might be 
which was really, 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 really important for me because I could also figure out how to kind of get out of it. Um, so yeah, that's for me. I have a lot of talking about how it kind of impacts my life as a musician or songwriter. I have a lot of anxiety over not having control of my body. So I don't have stage fright. I, stage fright. I feel like a lot of people who maybe don't have anxiety or don't quite get it kind of look like, oh, you have anxiety? Like, yeah, you're just nervous to, like, go perform. No. I'm Like, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not, not tied to anything. It's its own monster. Yeah, but I have a lot of issues of, like, if it's going to be too hot, if it's going to be too cold. I'm not really too cold, more so too hot. So, like, I'll get nervous about going on stage and, like, having to stand up for a half hour or an hour and, like, what if it's hot or what if mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going to faint again or whatever. And, you know, it's a whole freaking cycle where it's, like, I'm worried about having a panic attack so then I have a panic attack and then I'm worried that I don't feel well so then everything gets worse um so but that's a big part of it for me and it's such a simple thing that probably a lot of people are like just like sweat and be hot and get over it but yeah I yes I would love to do that but it's not that simple and it's it's something that's hard for people to understand and even I find I other people you know have social anxiety or things like that like I don't have social anxiety I could perform in front of people I could talk in front of people I could talk to people like that's not an issue for me but there's other weird things um that are and that is very important when we talk about this issue too because I find even when I'm talking to other people with anxiety that have totally other triggers than I do you still have to just kind of put aside any notions you might have anything that's like we'll just do this and it'll be easier because that's really not true mm. they're like you can't ration with it <laughs> you just can't <laughs> it's just a fact um so that's something for me that I just share because maybe it'll help others out there who are struggling or just kind of shed some light to also understanding what others might be going through even if you just have no f- idea why that would be the case so a couple questions for you um do you feel like it's stopped you from performing as much since you've gotten diagnosed um and that being said if it has uh what steps have you taken since you've gotten diagnosed to kind of conquer that anxiety like you obviously have to be aware that it's happening to you and it's okay and accept that it's okay that it's happening to you yeah and you know talk to your friends about it talk to your peers about it um just talk about in general awareness is everything um but you know also talk about like what you can do to kind of overcome this yeah well I'm a big talker so that's (laughs) I like I'm very grateful that I have a number of friends who do understand what I'm going through and yeah Michelle what up (laughs) so I'm really big on literally to just texting people and being like this is how I'm feeling I need to just let it out because it helps so much um super important and but to answer Ashley's question I I don't think it's impacted my performing too much um it's kind of to say because I I have been really busy right now so I haven't been performing too much with all this woman crush stuff you know um (laughs) but um but um it does it does affect me in the more recent times where I have been performing. I've been more worried about it than I would like to be. And I will say that too. I'm worried about like over the summer, if I'm asked to play outside, like, will I do it? Because what if it's too hot? Like, what if it's a really hot day? And then I just, I'm going to freak out. Like I know I'm going to freak out. And, um, but for now, like for indoor venues, something that I've been doing to combat that is just ask them to turn the AC on or ask them to turn the heat down or just like ask for what you need. (laughs) That is what's so important is that if you feel anxious and you know that there's probably something that could fix it, like ask for it. Just voice what you need and get it done. Don't feel guilty about having to take the steps to to fix it. And I think that's a very important life tip in general. Ask for what you need. Don't be afraid to ask for what you need. We're talking to you girls. I feel like women in particular have a problem with this. I mean, I speak from experience. We're just kind of conditioned to Mm -hmm. just be happy Mm -hmm. with what you have. Yeah, actually at the last Women Crush Showcase too, 
um, I wasn't supposed to play, but I stepped in because someone had dropped out at the last minute. And the first act went on, and it was really hot in the room. And I literally, I went to the bartender. I'm like, "You got, you got to lower it. I'm not, like, I'm not going on like this." Mm-hmm. And I did, and she did, and it was fine. But that it's been hard because it's hard too to kind of acknowledge like that this is happening and that you need to take steps to make yourself feel more comfortable. But it's you just have to get in touch with yourself and really acknowledge that sometimes there are very simple things you can do to make yourself feel more comfortable and you just need to do them don't feel guilty about it in any way yeah the last thing you need on top of everything is feeling the guilt of that or feeling like oh not only do I feel this way but it's also a burden to everyone like let go of that if you can and it's a process it takes a lot you're gonna trip up you're gonna fall you're gonna feel that way sometimes I mean this is from just personal experience right like not being officially diagnosed with anything but I know that I definitely experience a lot of things Mm -hmm. um everyone that I know that has been diagnosed with something is always um worried about like well I'm not normal so like I can't function as like a normal person but really like what is normal you know what is a normal Mm -hmm. human being what is a normal artist feeling like because I feel like we all run it like a million miles a minute Mm -hmm. all the time and always have song ideas or art ideas or you know what art videos should look like in our head and just our brain is always on like how can we really manage that and Mm -hmm. like what like why do we have to be normal or what that even is yeah if that's not normal I don't want to be normal (laughs) but you bring up an interesting point though which is that you know well what is normal but also everyone is going through something but to that point don't undermine what other people are going through just because you don't get it and I think a lot of this is something that I've dealt with especially when I first got diagnosed and when I was just trying to understand what was actually going on in my own body and my own mind was that I'm a pretty open and honest person so when I when it first happened I told my bandmates at the time like this is what's going on um I went down to rehearsal one day and I was having a pretty bad day like I didn't want to leave my house but I had to go to rehearsal so I just told them like I'm sorry in advance if I like am extra touchy or weird or whatever like I'm having a bad day so it's taking a lot for me to get out right now because sometimes when I have like I feel like I have a couple different versions of panic mm-hmm. attacks or anxiety like mm-hmm. bouts bat, whatever what do you yeah, say bouts. yeah <laughs> whatever you want to call it it and one of them is kind of just like shutting down and I'll get anxious and I'm just like I don't want to talk to anyone I don't want to do anything I just want to like sit on my bed and like just feel yeah let it this pass weird way yeah and that was what I was having that day but I I did it I did what I had to do anyway you know rehearsal was what it was stuff happened blah 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 but um at the end of the day I I had had a slight like spout with my uh, one of my bandmates and at the end of the day I texted her and I apologized and I was like listen I'm really sorry like I was on edge today like I probably came off whatever and I remember she texted me back and she said everyone has bad days like you should just kind of get over it kind of thing and I was like ah like Ooh. and then and then she said I probably have anxiety too I just haven't been diagnosed and I was like huh really like I feel feel like you wouldn't be saying this to me if you actually knew what I was going Mm -hmm. through and I don't blame her there's no way for her to know what I am going through the point of this whole story is that like don't tell people we all have bad days don't tell people like what you're going through isn't valid and like whether what happened in the rehearsal was right or wrong that doesn't matter like I was trying to just be totally honest with where I was at and it, it was very hurtful to people when you try to undermine what they're going through. Like, you don't have to understand it, but you just have to acknowledge it, kind of, and accept it. Try to just listen to the person instead of telling them that what they're feeling isn't valid. Okay, so on that note, um, I think maybe you should tell us what the best response to that situation could be, because some of us you know haven't been diagnosed and and we do 
like have relationships with people who have when when you know you you say to your bandmates like I'm going through this this is how I'm feeling today I'm sorry um first of all your apology I'm sure is more than appreciated but also know that everything that you're feeling is okay yeah um so don't beat yourself up about it but like for someone who's never had to deal with someone who's been going through what you're going through before like how should they interact how should they respond with with you versus saying oh well everyone has bad days you know you should just get over it um i think an appropriate response would have just been it's okay and that's the end of it (laughs) like i don't i don't think there has to be any back and forth about it like it's just like you don't need to make it into something that it's not and if somebody's being honest with you if somebody I mean for me it's not that hard like I said I'm I'm fortunate enough that I am open and I've, I've had just relationships in my life where I've been able to be really communicative and just free mm. with what I say I'm not worried about that but for a lot of people it's so so hard to even tell the world or tell your closest friends or tell people that you're working with what you're going through because one it is kind of taboo like people don't really talk about it like it's like you have a cold or you have allergies or something Mm -hmm. but like and when you get those kinds of responses that um you know the undertone of what your bandmate had said to you was basically like you're making it about you so when you get responses like that you know how are you how do you then approach saying this to other people when you get negative feedback kind of feels like a setback in terms of being open and honest with other people yeah well Um, you also just don't want people feeling sorry yeah you you don't want the pity poor katie she's going through this rough time like you don't want to be babied you're not a baby because you have anxiety yeah um it's part of who you are and not something you should ever feel bad about yeah um and what else is okay what's okay is not knowing how to address it Mm -hmm. if somebody Mm -hmm you care for or that you're in close quarters with for whatever reason ask yes Yes. it is okay to be like i gotta be honest i've never really had to be in close quarters with anybody with you know insert mental um condition here Mm -hmm. uh so i really don't know the best way to respond to you when you're feeling this way and i know everybody probably has their own specific way that they need when they're going through something what's the best thing i can do what's the best thing i can say like no one will be mad at you Mm -mm. for asking that quite the contrary yeah they'll be very appreciative because it's really like i said it's just about understanding and and not understanding on the level of like i know exactly how you're feeling right now and exactly what you're going through because you won't that can be very isolating mm -hmm. but it's just about being like i understand and I'm here for you and I'm listening to you and it's okay. And I'm not going to tell you that whatever you're feeling, even though I do not get it, is not real. Because it's very real. And that's that's the hardest part. I mean, even with family members, it's like, oh, just relax. Yeah, if I could just relax, then I'd be like fine and dandy <laughs> right now. You think, you think that would be a problem if I could just relax? That's an official prescription. Yeah, just relax. One relax, please. Just what the doctor ordered. <laughs> Well, that being said, um, how how have you been addressing your anxiety? What are, what are your remedies? Um, for me, it's mostly been yoga, I have to say. Um, namaste. And, namaste, what up? <laughs> um, and, yeah, I have not gone to therapy, and it's not because I'm not against it. It's not because I'm against it. It's just I haven't really gotten there yet. Um, I would like to try it though, but I just I can match for it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people can. We actually got a lot of um, responses and questions too, where people talk about therapy. So we'll yeah. we'll do a deep therapy dive later. Um, I and, and everyone, you'll know when it's that time for that step for yeah. you. Oh yeah, there's no rush, and you don't have to and feel I bad if you're not there talk yet. About that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, detail when the time mm-hmm. comes. Um, so aside from that, and I also don't want to take medication. Um. So yoga is pretty much where I'm at right now. And also just uh, just talking to my friends, which again, I said I am, I'm very lucky that I have a solid group of people that I can reach out to about this stuff and not feel guilty about it or feel like I'm a burden or anything like that. Um, but yeah, so I started doing yoga like a 
year and a half ago? No, probably like two years ago. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like, Time isn't real. Yeah, I, who who cares? Um, it in so I started doing it every day a little a little bit ago, and I was doing it because I think this was actually before I got diagnosed, but I kind of knew it was coming. I could tell that I was getting more anxious, and I had been doing like Pilates and stuff before just to work out, just to get you know get the blood flowing, do stuff. And I didn't like the way it made me feel. It got my heart rate too high and it was just not good. And so I started doing yoga and I did it. I was doing it every day. And um, I actually, I'm a big fan of yoga with Adrienne. She's my go-to gal on YouTube. Oh, shout out to Adrienne. I also love her. I love her. If you're listening right now, Adrienne. We love you. We love (laughs) you so much. I would say that she pretty much changed my life. Um, because I, I did her 30 day revolution, which is, or 31 or 30 day revolution, which is like, um, every start of the year, she does like a 30 day challenge Mm -hmm. where it's, you do yoga for 30 days of the month every day and you feel really good and it's so amazing. And that, that was amazing. But what actually changed me, I think was in the summer, this summer, she did, um, she has like an app where you I think it's called find what the find what feels good app and mm-hmm. um she did a little uh like week long thing where it was 15 minutes of yoga and then five minutes of meditation at the end of that and I swear to god it, like 20 minutes a day of yoga changed my life I'm about to start that it's I'm pretty excited like, it's incredible and so they have it for android yeah, I think so. I think so. Oh, you can, can you only you can get it on, it on your computer. No, you can use it, it on, on your YouTube computer as well. Okay. It's not on YouTube because you have to pay for it, but you can do a one week free trial, so like you could do the whole thing for free basically. Let me cancel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not to I like know, that. cheat out, but you can do that. <laughs> um, Sorry, Adrian. <laughs> no, I'm but not a budget. I'm actually gonna. I think I'm gonna get the app again because I just like, I just need like it fulfills me so much. I'm doing her. She's doing one right now. It's called True. Um, that's a 30 day January one right now. It's almost over, but you can start at any time. Those are all on YouTube. And I highly, 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 highly recommend this because it's free. The videos are short, so you're not taking an hour plus out of your day to go to a yoga studio. And it's just, it's so good for it's the you for time. The soul. Yeah, it's you time, and it's you need that. And, um, but anyway, so I did the 20 minute thing, right? And I swear to God, I was coming out of the, I lived in New York City at this time, like in the city. Um, now I live a little bit outside. So I was coming out of the subways, like, after work in the middle of the summer. Now, mind you, you know I have issues with heat. Mm-hmm. Smiling for no reason. Out of the subway. Nobody comes out of the subway smiling. This is very true. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> and I was just like, I feel so good. Like, I'm just, like, so at peace. Like, this is amazing. And then after that, I was also looking for, like, a... And a job at the time I mean I was working but I was looking for something in the industry more direct for what I wanted to do Uh, I had just graduated and I was kind of so you know I had some free time on my hands I guess and I was like maybe I should be a yoga teacher because like I love it and I can help people and you know I could have been teaching this time if I was registered that would have been cool anyway it was kind of like snowballed and then in September I did my training which was crazy and I've never been more fit in my life than those, like, <laughs> you are two very months. Fit. Thanks. But uh, not that fit. I don't think, I don't, that was crazy. I don't know how I was doing that. We were doing yoga for, like, two days straight for weekends. It was like yoga boot camp. Yeah, kind of. Um, but it was, that was also amazing because I learned so much. And, I mean, I still have so much learning to do on that front. But for me... It, it was just incredible to be able to dive a little bit deeper into how to actually help people with something that helped me so much. And I still, I mean, I still do yoga every single day and I like look forward to it. Actually tonight I'm like, am I going to be able to squeeze in my yoga? <laughs> like well, I can tell you one person you helped and that's me. Oh, I'm going to cry. Really, and I'm not just saying it. Um, this is something I've never really expressed to you before. By the way, backstory, Katie and I have been friends for years, (laughs) (laughs) in case that's something we should mention now. Probably. But, uh, you know, as Katie was going through her yoga training, this was over the summer, and I was at a point 
over the summer. I don't know what it was. And I've been there before, but I don't know what it was this time. But I was definitely in a very deep, depressive state. Like, it was bad. Um, And she was just telling me that she was doing this and that, oh, I like yoga. And it's it's done wonders for me. You know, saying everything she's just said. And, um, of course, in my mind, I was in a very negative mental loop. So I'm thinking, like it's just nothing's gonna work for me I don't even want to get up like I've just all the excuses all the self-doubt and self-hatred that comes with all that um and then I would start coming to Katie's house to just like help help her (laughs) quote unquote help her practice for her training I was like oh yeah I'll do you a favor and uh (laughs) while I'm at it why don't you just uh turn around my entire life attitude and you know give me something that has been such a positive thing in my life and you know I'm embarrassed to say I'm not like an everyday on the dot like dedicated yoga practitioner you do not have to be I'm not because I've also been a very busy girl and I'm very like (laughs) oh work comes first we're busy people all right we're busy girls but like if I find the time I do it and it does do wonders. Yeah, and here's the thing it's too: a magical is that thing. to Michelle's point is that you don't have to do it every day. Do it once a week. Do it once a month. But it's, and you could do it for five minutes. Yeah, you could do it for five That's minutes. That's what I do. Wake up and do it for five minutes, and and it'll make a difference once you um, get I a do routine it before going. Before bed, because I love that too. That's kind nice of like relaxing. my time. Yeah. Um, to like be alone in my element and just do kind of whatever I want, and so that's when I do it. But. So would that be your tip as well, Michelle, in terms of like yeah. how to combat any sort of like anxiety or depression or anything like that? I can speak specifically to if you're experiencing anything you would call depression, doing this was just wild for me. Like it felt like something I could never crawl out of, but even just getting up and moving your bones, you would be amazed like move your bones and see what it does yeah get the blood flowing and it you'll you'll surprise yourself and I know it's intimidating to hear something like try doing yoga oh yeah I do it every day yeah like it's great I know how ridiculous that sounds (laughs) if you are seriously depressed yeah it just sounds like a joke to you that like nothing and no one will ever help you but you know if you try it once if you do it once this month you could surprise yourself so the tip is do yoga but the larger tip is just like give things a try yeah yeah see what happens and for me I mean like I'm a long way on my journey of dealing with anxiety and stuff like that I'm nowhere near finished or overcoming it or anything like that but I still have my mat as a solace I mean it's funny too that we're talking about this at length because it's like oh music like music is a solace yes totally but you I feel like having more than one outlet is also good because Mm. you can get in a loop with music sometimes too where you are just writing out all the depressing stuff and then you know wallowing in it and sometimes you write so much about that stuff that you hit a writer's block yeah and And then you get depressed that you got a writer's block exactly you get depressed (laughs) about writer's block and then that's when your other outlets come into play yes um since we're about halfway actually through the podcast maybe we should get into some questions and advice from um our woman crush music community um thank you guys all for submitting your questions we got so many great ones yeah it's awesome um, so this first one actually talks a lot about what I wanted to talk about, um, which is therapy. So I'm going to uh, read what this person had said. Um, I have recently had some issues with this exact topic. I have been dealing with anxiety and panic attacks for a long time. And I am pleased to say that since following my dream and moving to Nashville, I haven't suffered an attack in three years. Woo! I believe that for me, my success with dealing with my mental health issue was letting go of the tremendous amount of pressure I would place on myself. 
and I was very hard on me. Learning to love thyself, even actually giving yourself a hug, as kooky as it sounds, is lovely. Yes. Also remembering that I am also a person who is much more than a musician. I am a hiker and activist, a damn good frisbee player. I make time for those things as well as music. Power of positivity and the practice of gratitude have changed my life. Thank you for doing this podcast. Mental health is a major issue that needs major conversation. And then she added, also therapy. I cannot recommend this more. Game and life changer for me. Try and look for a doctor who specifically deals with anxiety, depression, or addiction. If that is also a factor in your life, I prefer working with a woman. That is something to think about as well. Um, I'm going to break apart from this response and put in what I think here. Um, I've been seeing a therapist on and off for three four years now um i started seeing one when someone very close to me and my family got diagnosed with schizophrenia um they got diagnosed and it just hit me very very hard um because that person is like my best friend mm-hmm. and i didn't know what to do and it kind of felt like my life was um on a downward spiral since then and I kind of knew that I needed something other than music to kind of help me through this stage. So that was when I was still living here in New York. I went to someone and I think it's important to mention that depending on where you're at in your life, um, you, there are different kinds of therapists I've found. So there are therapists that, you know, you will talk and talk and talk and talk and they'll just listen to you. And that is what you need at that moment. So they are great for you. So when this was happening and I first started going to therapy, that is what I need. My first therapist just listened to me. And that was great for me. And the therapist that I see now and that I've been seeing for, wow, it's actually been a year now. Um, I can't believe it. It's been a year. Um Shout out to my therapist. <laughs> She's gonna if be you're thrilled. listening, we love you too. Yeah. <laughs> um, Way to go. You know, she is great because, at you know, even at this point, she knows me. And when I want to talk and talk and talk and talk, she just listens. But then there are days that I'm so overwhelmed with life that I tell her, this is the day that you ask me questions about how I'm feeling. <laughs> And she's able to accommodate me either way. And that that is really why I keep going back is because she she makes me feel like everything is okay and, and kind of like checks me on how I'm feeling no matter how I'm feeling. Um, and I've found that, you know, when I'm having a discussion with my partner or with an employee or or a friend or my parents or something that I can't really deal with by myself, it's much easier to talk about things with that other person after talking to my therapist because mm-hmm. it's kind of like a an unbiased um, support system that you have that you kind of bounce things off of and they really help you work through everything that you're feeling and why you're feeling that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also gotten through like previous relationship traumas through therapy um and you know you can write every breakup song in the book but sometimes that just isn't that doesn't do it all you know uh time heals everything but but sometimes you just need like a little bit of an extra push um and that's kind of my note on that um therapy is great there are you know i come from a mexican background and uh mental health is unfortunately not talked about enough or even acknowledged enough and so going to a therapist is so so taboo like you don't go to one unless you're crazy you know and that is not true I actually think that everyone should go see a therapist I agree I I think that the world would be a much better place if everyone saw a therapist my therapist tells me that that the Portland Therapy Center should like give me money every time someone signs up because I give everyone like my therapist card (laughs) (laughs) um but that that's kind of how I feel you know just um you know there's nothing wrong with needing someone to talk to I actually think it's very admirable of people to be really taking care of themselves versus you know I'd much rather 
hear that my friend is going to therapy versus like my friend just going out drinking till 2 a.m every day and trying to heal their problems that way you know yeah um do you ladies have anything to say about therapy yeah i would agree with you i would say you know don't be stubborn i definitely you know refused in myself help that I probably needed for years because I thought I should be able to just deal with this alone like Mm -hmm. I'm you know I'm being dramatic I was telling myself all these things um, that just weren't true I was because I was in that place I was convincing myself out of getting help that I should have had and just being stubborn when really um, you're never alone and you don't have to be alone if you feel that way Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you for writing in. That was a great kind of comment to share with yeah, everyone. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, I think that's a great, uh, great topic to cover. Uh, we have another story um, with some advice in it from Britt. And I will say before we start this, there's nothing explicit, but she does mention sexual assault and just contemplating suicide so if you're sensitive to that and you don't want to listen you can skip over um but like i said nothing graphic or anything of that nature so brit says three and a half years ago i invited someone into my home that i shouldn't have and everything went awry it's not worth going into the details but i relive them every day this was during a time when i had dropped out of school was working hard to afford rent bills food etc and was recording a debut album with a label that turns out to be bad news I pushed the assault to the back of my mind that year and shut down emotionally. The only time I let my guard down was when I was writing. In those moments, I could get angry. But with all the hiding from myself, climbing rock walls and pushing it away, the true mental effects hadn't set in yet. That was about a year later. I'd met someone who made me incredibly happy, but with that, everything else crept in. I started suffering from severe panic attacks and depression. It felt like an incredible burden. Songwriting was once again my solace, much like it had been when I struggled with the idea of suicide in high school. In the moments when I was paralyzed by my anxiety, just holding my guitar would begin to calm me. So I'd play, trying to write it all away. I'd be lying if I said it solved everything, but it helped me approach what I was feeling, and I'm not the sort of I'm not the sort to spend much time with those emotions otherwise. I usually redirect them. This became all too apparent when escaping the label this past summer meant that I didn't have to pl- I didn't have anywhere to place my anger anymore and my anxiety got worse. So I wrote again about the label, about how they used me, about how I managed to be the one who felt guilty and ashamed as the victim. What all what was all the more helpful was in this was sharing. Writing my songs, I was able to hide all the details in metaphor. I could reach out to strangers, commune with them, without sacrificing my story. That wasn't enough. So for a self-portrait project in my art class, I made the story clear, using some of my lyric fragments within the artwork in front of 30 people. Songwriting is a wonderful thing. It's solace, but it can also be a refuge, one that helps you hide away from a solution. It was when I used my writing to share my story to connect with people without the veil that I truly started to move towards healing. And then she, um, we went back and forth a little bit when I was actually talking to her when she submitted this story. So I I asked her if she had done anything else to um, help uh, with her anxiety and with her PTSD of the situation. And she said, My mom always told me that therapy and counseling were a waste of money, that you should just be able to talk to your friends. I tried doing that for quite some time, at least with a few I trusted, but it was never really enough. So two years after grappling with shame over needing to talk to someone, I went to counseling last spring for three months. I also met with trauma counselors, with a trauma counselor at the time, although her method wasn't really for me. I'm not sure I'd feel comfortable with therapy or medications, but just talking to someone outside your life was really helpful for me. Luckily, this was covered by my school at the time. I haven't been able to afford to go back. So there is so much important stuff in here. A lot to unpack here. A lot to unpack here. Um, it deals with dealing with sexual assault, which is something that's really prevalent right now with the Me Too movement and mm-hmm. everyone finally coming forward. Um, with that, it deals with 
which was something that stuck up to me stuck out to me was that you know her mom said that counseling and therapy was a waste of money and you know I I feel like there's a little bit of shame here in her wanting to get help whether it was for her or not which is also something to note that maybe therapy isn't for you maybe yoga isn't for you but you shouldn't feel shamed into trying anything that might help you um but yeah there's a lot there's a lot to unpack here what are your what are your ladies thoughts because I know this is the first time you've actually heard this message yeah do you want to go first uh sure well first of all Britt, thank you so much for sharing all this um i'm sure you had to do a little bit of soul searching to uh really lay it all out there takes a brave woman to come forward yes Mm -hmm. this is very brave um this is something that a lot of people even after years don't don't even touch even with their closest friends and it's great that you did have those friends to talk to for a while and friends are so helpful but um in certain situations that can only go so far i would agree that yeah definitely talking to someone outside um, like ashley said this objective outside person who you know you can just vent to and who is trained professionally to ask the right questions of you and to gauge your reactions to what you say and how to handle these situations like there's really no understating that these people are trained professionals there's merit to that yeah um so it's great that you finally sought that out um and i will add to um the end of her message she speaks about how she tried um she tried counseling she tried therapy and she can't go back because she can't afford it Mm -hmm. which i know is probably an issue for a lot of people listening as well Mm -hmm. um and it's important to note there that there are other ways you can get help, but we actually got a message from Allie uh, who said, such an important topic. I know some people hesitate to seek out therapy because of the cost, but maybe you could mention looking for someone who offers a sliding payment scale. So as a sort of a side, as we discuss this story, that's something to note as well, that there are options out there and don't just discount going to therapy or seeking any sort of treatment because you can't afford it but knowing that there are other people who can probably help for hopefully cheaper price or therapist does that it's wonderful yeah (laughs) um also there are a few like i crave like that in-person interaction but Mm -hmm. if you don't feel inclined to do that and you want someone available to you there are also those great uh, therapy apps yes now. yes talk space right talk space i hear a lot about talk space because they sponsor a lot of podcasts i listen to yeah. <laughs> it's like therapy for it's like life um, today yeah it's like they have a bunch of counselors that are certified and approved and mm-hmm. you can like it's kind of like you pay what you can and and with that you get what amount of time you want you know you could text your counselor for 15 minutes a day or something like that it's it's about what's comfortable for you so there are so many resources out there yeah i think they had prices like as low as like 12 dollars a month or something yeah that's like crazy that. that's yeah. wild i think that's what i was doing for a little yeah. bit last year it's like skip starbucks a couple times and, and exactly do, <laughs> you know Give up your grande frappuccino yeah. <laughs> you'll lose weight and you'll <laughs> you'll be able to afford therapy yeah <laughs> Um, no, but on, on a more serious note, uh, talking about the sexual assault thing, um, thank you, Britt, again, for sharing your story. Um, it took me about, uh, five years to share mine, so, and that being said, I still haven't fully outed the person that did it to me, but, um, when I was about 20 years old, um, so I was working at this, uh, jazz club in Times Square and I met this very very famous producer um and at the time like I was still in school and I was just kind of trying to figure my way out in the industry just trying to make connections because at at the end of the day I knew that that's what was going to get me far you know and this very famous producer was just like hey like why don't you come to my studio and we can take a listen to your music and xyz things and so his studio was actually in his apartment and fine you know fine some are um and so i went and 
aside from the fact that I was underage and he was, like, giving me alcohol, like, it was just a very sketch situation, but, you know, he very much, I look back on that now and I, I realize he very much abused his power over me because I saw his, saw him as this powerful man that could help Mm -hmm. me with my career. And he was. He really did have that power. He was, you know, I actually don't think I've told you guys this story, so you can kind of like actually like react to this while I'm telling you. Um, He was giving me drinks and I had a couple and um, I was toasty. I, (laughs) you know, I wasn't, you know, like full out like white girl wasted or anything like that. Um, But I knew like something was up, right? Because I kept wanting to go into the studio and we were in his kitchen and he was just like oh like I want to show you something in my room like my speakers or something like that and I was just kind of like oh like that's kind of weird but like okay I'm probably safe because like you know this person's like famous and like it'll be fine and so um so I went with him and you know to make a long story short um like he uh made me do things that I was not comfortable doing and I froze and in every like every therapist that I've talked to or every you know every research study that you read like that is the first thing that people do it's kind of like the instinct reaction right Mm -hmm. when you you're in that kind of situation like you freeze up and the attackers may or may not realize that this is an instinct yeah. And they just, like, keep going. Yeah. They think and you're just being like, this is fine. When yeah. really it's like, and I don't so know how, I cannot react. At that point, like, when I froze up, I was just kind of like, oh, well, I'm just going to, like, let this happen because what else am I going to do right now? Like, first of all, I definitely couldn't have fought him off because he was, like, 6'3", and I'm this little 5'4", like, 20-year-old <laughs> who's... I was like 130 pounds at the time, so there was no way I was going to fight him off. And then, you know, the crazy, naive thought crossed my head that like, oh, like maybe he'll listen to my music now if I like do these really awful things with him. Um, He never did, by the way. I should just make that clear. That that was not a thing that happened. And um, if you're listening, (laughs) we hate you. you're listening you should go to jail um but um you know like there's just anyway I actually put this memory away um for years like I literally like I left that apartment soon after all that happened and I like blocked his number I just avoided him at all costs and I like just blocked that memory out of my brain until um until last year whenever it wasn't that Kesha's story Mm -hmm. uh started to come out um and I was like listening to her story and I was just kind of like oh my god yeah I can relate to this this happened to me and this is probably happening to so many other women out there um who don't want to speak up because like for me for a long time I blocked that out because I thought that I did something wrong um and I realize now you know I was what 19 20 years old then I'm 26 now like I did nothing wrong um Mm -mm. and so it's really important to be able to acknowledge that and that's kind of the first step to to being healed from all of this trauma Right. Um, I will say that even though I do share my story now, um, and actually like telling my my fiance was like a huge step because I hadn't actually really told anyone until like I told my therapist and then I like went home and I was just like, I'm going to tell him today and you know, thankfully he's an angel <laughs> and and he was like, You know, actually you told me that once when you were wasted. <laughs> magic of alcohol yep (laughs) i was like oh um okay well (laughs) anyway besides the point um telling people is great but you know even though i've told people um i still tend to 
uh, shy away from working with men in the industry um, because of this experience. And I will be the first to say that it has not hurt my career, but it definitely hasn't helped. You know, not all men are rapist ladies. (laughs) There are safe men out there. Um, Shout out to you guys. (laughs) Um, And I, you know, there was one instance in particular that I can think of. When I first moved to Portland, I met a guy from a pretty well-known band in Portland that's really blowing up now. And I was telling him that I wrote songs and he listened to my music and he was like, oh, yeah, you're great. Like, whenever you want to hop on a track, just let me know. I avoided him. <laughs> Still have avoided him for the past three years because I just have that trauma, you know, of like mm-hmm. working with a, a man. And it's just, you know, I bet you that my songwriting career would <laughs> be exponentially... Um, better if I had worked with this dude, but I. This is also why we need more women producers, more women mixers, more women songwriters, more women in the industry in general who can thrive. I will link the article in the bottom. There's this really great one that came out on Hypebot that I sent you yesterday with the statistics like of the top 600 songs of the year in 2017 like 98 percent of the producers were male it's it's appalling yeah it's appalling it's kind of gross (laughs) dang and in such an industry in any entertainment industry as we've seen and i won't name his name because his name is already i just you know who you are harvey you know who you are but in any industry in in entertainment and such um where it's really about who you know and how well you can mix in and what are you doing and what part are you at it's like so much easier for them to get away with it um because it's not based on that you know specific merit system of like you don't get promoted to okay now i'm a singer songwriter it's like what can you do what do you know yeah and that could easily make somebody feel like i i have to go through with this uh interaction i'm having because i don't know what the rules are here there are no rules and this could be a good thing i don't you know it's i'm sure your head was swirling um and it's a very similar story to my own so you know it's part of the industry and it's part of why we gotta break business break the stigma (laughs) i do want to say we're almost at the end of this podcast but i I feel like we should probably point out that we are obviously all women and a lot of our community a lot of the people who submitted these all the people who submitted questions comments are women so any men listening out there i you know acknowledging yes this is from a woman's point of view but that doesn't undermine or anything that you might be going through whether it's about mental health or even sexual assault as well um because everyone goes through all of these things so i think just it's just a little bit important to be you can be part of the solution yeah that's true too let's all forget about that i think that we should answer this last question um, just because I think it's important very quickly and um, you both can answer and then I, I can end it um, how do you stay true to yourself as an artist when making likable music is this possible <laughs> my answer is well here's the thing I I've just been writing about all this stuff but I try not to write it in a super negative way I try to write about it in a more positive way um where i just pretty much talk about my anxiety you know in song style and it hasn't it's staying true to myself and i think that it's still likable music i play the song called from my mind um live at pretty much every set now and the first time i played it i got great response and that has not changed because it's real i think and it's a pretty simple song but people just understand it they they're not i'm not hiding behind something else i'm not hiding behind just being like push away the feelings and just try to write a pop song or something like that i i wrote a song and it was what i was feeling and it worked and it was likable now obviously it's not 
it's not an upbeat pop song or anything like that but i think that it's important to not feel like you have to be writing something specific you don't have to be writing about a certain thing or in a certain way just to try and please people um people will like your music because you are honest and because it is coming from you so that's probably the most important thing the most valuable thing i can say about that is just to be honest with what you're feeling and be honest while you're writing it um and i bet people will like it because people will relate to it Mm -hmm. yeah that's basically what i'm gonna say i mean in a way the question is a trick question how do you stay true to yourself as an artist when making likable music you're only going to make music that's likable when you're being true to yourself exactly you don't i'm sure you don't want to make music that is not true to yourself and if you made music that wasn't true to yourself you wouldn't care whether or not people liked it yeah so what matters is that you like it because it's coming from you and that it gives you it feeds you what you want feeds your soul um and the people who like it will follow you don't want any phony fans. Heck no. No. I would have to agree with you ladies on that. Um, I think, And I think that there are a lot of uh, pop artists, or there are more pop artists now um, that are able to really, like, be real, but also make, like, popular music. Mm-hmm. Um, Alicia Cara, the only <laughs> female Grammy winner... <laughs> last night for real yeah Alessia Cara is one of them um I think she's great and she has a very real approach to to making music um but anyway that's beside the point I think all this goes to say you know with my story being out there now like as much as I have kind of backed off from working people because they're men because not because it's the right thing to do because it's not um, but because I'm traumatized in a way it's also knowing that like it's okay that I'm doing that because I'm mm-hmm. still healing from something that happened yeah. to me so I can't beat myself up yeah you're not that. advocating don't work with men yeah. you're, not working with men. you're <laughs> like hey not. I was at a place and I'm at a place where that's not best for me you're yeah. being true to yourself exactly and so that's really what i'm going to say you know is that you have to accept the level that you're on um no matter where you're at um and as long as you're trying to improve yourself or your situation then you know good for you um and that's really the best way to to stay true to yourself um in any situation i think um and self-care is important and of course I'm really glad that we got to yeah. talk about this. I feel like we didn't this. talk a ton about, like, just normal, like, self-care things. Like, ooh, like, let's let's all say one Wash your hands, yeah. you know, wash your hands. <laughs> no, or, right. let's say one, like, self-care, like a one small takeaway. self-care thing that you do. Like a random little thing. Like, turn, <laughs> turn your phone off. Yes, <laughs> turn your phone off. I was going to say oh, that. Man. I started doing a thing where... 10 o'clock because here's the other thing too is I work a lot I I work full-time in publishing I work at Woman Crush I try to be an artist I do a lot of things and I notice that when I'm home if I don't like set any boundaries I'm just like in a hole and I will work until like the second I'm going to bed and Mm -hmm. fall asleep with my phone in my hand so I was like 10 o'clock no more phone and I read a whole book last week which is impressive for me they still make books (laughs) isn't that crazy Wow. It's it, and I don't even think I just put it on do not disturb so that like in the event that I desperately need to check it or whatever like I still can but like it makes a huge difference even to just be like okay 10 o'clock I'm really gonna try to get away from electronics because you know studies say you sleep better all this stuff mm-hmm. and also I so I, now of that. now from 10 to 11 because I usually try to go to bed about 11 I like sleep and I I find myself writing or playing. I just got a banjo, so I'm like play around with my banjo or I read a book and I'm like doing other things instead of just scrolling through Instagram yeah. mindlessly and it's Toxic. really good. Yeah. My tip to just kind of snowball off of that is if your phone's off, engage with nature. Yeah. It is healing to be outside or even just to talk to a plant for a little bit. Yeah. It's good great. for them. Love it's good my for succulents. you. I have like ten of them. Wow. That's part of my self care routines. I yeah. go and I 
take care of my sister yes. and fuck off all the dry leaves. <laughs> Sometimes if I have extra money, I go make a terrarium. The world nice. is here for us to enjoy. Nice. Go outside. Yes. Breathe fresh air. Go pet a puppy. Yeah, take a bath. I pet a puppy today. I feel great. Exactly. And I breathed air. Yeah. Air is really good for you guys. You guys ever tried this thing, air? It's so good. <laughs> Love they it. They live in New York City. They probably never tried air. <laughs> That's why I moved to Portland. Good point. <laughs> well, great tips, everybody. All right. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, uh, Break the Business listeners. Thank oh, wait. Wait. I told Metal Dave I'd give him a shout-out. <laughs> shout-out to Dave. <laughs> Dave. regular listeners of the podcast know dave so oh, wonderful <laughs> um and thanks ryan for having us thank you ryan for having us yes, thank, thank you. you break the business listeners um this is the last podcast in our takeover um Aww. you can find more about women crush music and all of us at womencrushmusic.com and all of our social media handles are at Woman Crush Music. Thank you so much, Check everyone. it out. Check it out. Yeah. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.